0: welcome to the out of bounds sports podcast come with us out of bounds as we discuss and debate the latest topics in the world of sports we have a great show ahead so let's get to it
1: welcome to the out of bounds sports podcast i'm your host Corey harrison this podcast is the full show for today's episode we have a great show lined up thank you for listening Hello and welcome to the Out of Bounds Sports Podcast. We are live um, with two returning um, popular podcasters. We got Chris Lebron from Off the Ball. We got Mo on? Murphy from Up in Flames, and then we have a brand new uh, guest on the show, Robert Cruz from Football and Chill. What's going on, fellas? Going on? I never... Just chilling, bro. Just chilling, waiting for this football to start up. Yeah, I'm ready myself. So I guess that the, um, the first topic um, that we uh, want to talk kind of talk about is the the NBA restart. Um, I guess, Mo, um, we'll start with you on your thoughts on that.
0: Man, I'm ready for the NBA to restart. Um, I know they're acting like they don't want to. I know Kyrie's come out and kind of spoke against it. I know a few players have brought with them speaking against it. Um, I think they should – I do think they should restart. I understand we in a tough time right now. With the with the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that, but I think, you know, part of me is like I understand what Kyrie coming from, but he do have to like evaluate the fact his platform comes from basketball. So I think that's a big part of it. if everybody get back in the games and everybody, you know, the whole nation gonna be watching basketball. Um, so I think they can use that platform while we all sitting at home watching them on our TV. To be able to play so i definitely want the nba to return if it does return unfortunately corey i hate saying this but i love saying this time your lakers go win the championship you know i want lebron to win the championship so i'm definitely rocking like that but i do understand this is a tough time and everything like that i want to see the nba return for personal games you know all four of us here are sports podcasting that's what we that's our hobby is talking sports we can't talk sports with no sports going on so that's definitely, you know, a personal thing of I want basketball to come back, um, and then I know the whole country wants basketball to come back. So that's kind of why I stand on it. I hope they come back. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure we'll bounce back off of who's gonna win. I let somebody else take us into that, but that's why I stand on basketball coming back, though. So.
1: Can you kind of reiterate that to Chris that the Lakers are gonna win the championship? Because I'm, i we just had a, off the topic. uh so, Lakers
2: fans are the worst, man. They're the worst.
1: Yeah. I hey, guess you guys talk about go ahead and talk about them Knicks man. Are they even gonna be invited to the bubble?
2: <laughs> nah man, we got our own bubble man. We're in our
1: own bubble, bro.
2: We Call it draft
1: bubble. It's get, yeah, man, the lottery, bro. Right. <laughs> Every year. Every year, the lottery. Every year, man.
2: That's we're used to man. That's that's our thing. We we wanna be we wanna be different. Going to the playoffs is just whack. You know, we wanna do our own thing and just get that draft lottery, try to get the number one pick, which we never we haven't got since like eighty four, so but hey, you know, it's gonna happen one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, Robert, I know uh, you do have the Football and Chill uh, podcast. Uh, Do you uh, touch on basketball at all?
3: I do. I do. I follow uh, follow basketball a little bit. The reason I chose just strictly football is because ultimately I do follow that a lot closer and a lot more. So I just wanted to focus strictly on football. But I do follow basketball. I like where where Kyrie was coming from. It's a good idea. It kind of goes hand in hand with, um, I can't think of the recruits name. I think it's the number one recruit in the nation talking about going to an HBCU. It's the players are actually realizing the power that they have in their choices and in their words and in their platform that they're, they're realizing that, hey, if if the Stars aren't going to play because people aren't taking this things like this seriously, then ultimately people will take it seriously
1: yeah I mean if you have enough of those stars because of in, uh, basketball what I like about basketball's platform is it's, it's totally different from the NFL the players have a lot more uh, power right. than the NFL players like as far as like, the, what they say or what they do They I and mean, it seems like uh, with this commissioner it's more so than it's ever been with you know players more so speaking out and not having any kind of repercussion having to worry about um, them being hit financially for something that they've done or said mm-hmm. Um and it's looks like the, it's more popular for more people to speak out with social issues and things like that and take this stance. So I, I love the NBA about that, but I just really honestly, um, like um, Mo said, from a fan standpoint, I'm ready to get live sports back. But... My only concern was the players' safety with the pandemic going on. But as far as like them protesting and sitting out basketball games um, to make a statement, I want to know what the the, um, the second phase of that is. Okay, you sit out. Um, you um want to boycott games don't want to play or whatever but what is the end game what is what is it supposed to accomplish exactly. but you not playing basketball games so that's that's where where i'm at with it anybody have any thoughts on that
2: yeah i mean that's that's exactly you're exactly right it you know it's one thing to sit out and all that but well, what are you gonna do? Are you, are you just sitting out just to sit out because everyone's doing it? You know, I feel like a lot of guys are just being followers and just doing whatever, every, you know, what everyone else is doing. You know, it, it, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have back it up. You know, if you're not gonna play, you gotta do something to prove why you're not playing. You know, because it's you know, and I think and I've seen it from other people's standpoint with Kyrie, like because he's not playing. You know, it's different. It's, di- you know, he's going to see it different because he's not playing. So his team's not in the, you know, they will be like an eight seed right now. And they're not, they wouldn't, they don't have a chance without Kyrie to a champ. to burn out KD to a championship. So, so is he coming? You know, I can see where people think that he's coming from a perspective where I'm not playing. So you know, I don't care. I, you know, let's not play. You know, he, he has a different perspective than if LeBron, because we all know LeBron wants to play. Right. And to me, it everything goes behind LeBron. I know Kyrie's like a, a VP or whatever, you know, and, and with Chris Paul and all that, but we all know who who runs the league. It's LeBron. If LeBron wants to play, like like what Pat Ben said, if, you know, if the King wants to play, we going to play. I, I yeah. think it's, it's that. Yeah. If LeBron don't want to play, then everything changes. Because then LeBron don't want to play, then you know that trickles down to like, oh, AD don't want to play. Kawhi don't want to play. That trickles down. If the king don't want to play, nobody gonna play. But if he wants to play, he'll play. So, but you know, I think uh, you know, you know, Kyrie situation. I think that's also got. I think people try to also pick on Kyrie. Also, I think that's another big thing. They they like to just get on Kyrie because he's. He's a different cat. He's not your typical, you know. He's he's a he's a flat earther thing, you know. He's he's different, and everything that went on in Boston and in, in Cleveland, I think people just think um, when he says something, they always just blow it out of proportion. So I think a lot of the stuff got blown out, and you know, he's got beef with, with with Kendra Perkins and all that, and that stuff has gone really crazy. So you know, I, you know, if if they don't want to play because they feel like their message is going to be tuned out and it's going to be forgotten about, I couldn't understand, but as long as you're doing something to make, keep that, you know, keep that awareness alive, then, then, I, then, you know, that's their, that's their right, you know, that's your right, if you don't want to play it because you think, you know, the, the, the message is going to be forgotten, then don't play, and that's cool, and, but also, I think another thing is this coronavirus is real and especially in florida i mean i you know you know the numbers are getting you know i, I see each day it's getting a little it's getting crazy it's getting crazy because people are still not taking it serious you know we think because it's nice i mean i know florida it's nice all the time but i know in new york you know it started just really getting nice out and people are out about doing that. i'm like guys we still you know we had crazy numbers in new york we still gotta be you know make you know this thing is still real and, and it still can affect and we could go through another big you know epic you know big craziness and then we shut down again and then everything shut down so we also they got to be careful with that too so you know it's going to be gonna be interesting to see how they, they handle all the, everything
1: everything um especially like where I live at in Texas, I was kind of confused about how fast they started opening up the economy in reference to uh, the pandemic and things like that. Um, I work at a gym, and my main concern was um, how quickly um, our governor um, basically said that we weren't going to rush to open things up. And then the following week, they was open up gyms and they was open up like things where uh, people congregate you know a lot and you have uh, shared surfaces and things like that so um, when it comes to you know basketball in the NBA my biggest thing was player safety and it seems like um, they pretty much had everything in line. They had the the restriction, what you can and can't do once you're in the bubble. You know, you're pretty much in. Um, I didn't. I don't think they was uh, allowing older coaches uh, to be able to come. Um, so they had it pretty much mapped out um, for me to. You know, okay. It seemed like they had the players in mind, but then you have some that still really didn't feel comfortable playing in that environment Um, then um, the social issues um, you know became a factor but it doesn't really seem like a lot of the other players are echo and Kyrie it just seemed like it's more so him you know like you know, like you said, LeBron is playing. A lot of them are going pretty much fall in line, you know, because a lot of them are uh, waiting for that. You know, I think they took pay cuts. You know, this is this is at the end of the day, this is their job. You know, it's an entertainment industry, but it's a job at the end of the day. So, I mean. And most of these guys, you know,
2: most of these guys aren't making 20, 25, 30, $35 million. A lot of most of the league is made up of guys who are not making that crazy money. So we have to put it in, in that perspective, too, that like most of 75% of the league is making, you know, five, you know, they're making good money, but they're not making money where they, they can afford to lose, you know. LeBron cannot play again, and he's good. Kyrie, you know, those top-tier guys can are good. But it, this is more about those, you know, the, the, your 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th guys, guys on rookie contracts, undrafted dudes who are trying to get that big payday, you know, that's who it's going to affect this whole thing, so those guys might have different perspective. like yo, know, I want to play because I need to get paid, and this, and if you don't play, imagine if there's no basketball, that affect. that's going to affect basketball for years to come, you know, as far as guys getting paid and stuff, and you know this, you know, guys like AD he's a free agent next year, that can affect his money, and I won't how what he's thinking you know and guys like montrez Harrell, who was a second round pick you know and and is and is coming up on trying to get his get a big payday you know guys like that you know are are that those are the guys that i'm really interested to see what how they think because you know it's one thing for lebron and old uh, Kawhi and ad those guys and uh and and Giannis, those guys already got monster deals but You know, guys like, you know, Montrez, like I said, second round pick who hasn't got paid yet, you know, looking for a big contract. You know, I wonder how they how they feel about all this.
0: Yeah.
1: Mo, you Um, got anything about that?
0: Yeah. So, you know, when we talk, we talking as sports fans, as sports podcasters, you know, this is our thing. This is what we do, whether it's a hobby, whether it's something, you know, this is something that we decide to do. And we love talking sports and sports is going to make our world go round. But another thing before people quit the jump and say, oh, y'all just want to see sports come back. You know, y'all aren't thinking rationally. If they don't finish out this season, CBA gets canceled and they're yeah, able they're... to renegotiate. And that's something that people aren't thinking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of you guys who aren't sports fans, you know, us four sitting right here are, are diehard sports fans. So we read into this, we we know this stuff. But a lot of people who aren't sports fans are like, it's all about the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and I'm all for it, you know what I'm saying? I'll rock with it 100%. But you gotta think about these guys, if they're able to renegotiate this CBA deal, these owners are greedy. You know what I'm saying? Even as much as high as paid as these superstar athletes are, they probably could even make more money but greed comes in effect. And if this CBA can get renegotiated, you oh, might not yeah. see these super max contracts, you know, these five years, you know, Giannis is almost eligible for like, what, five years, 240 Giannis is,
2: Giannis, could, his, his deal could be the highest paid in, in league history.
0: Right. And and with the NBA, they set the precedent of us being able to say the next year is next man up. And that's kind of where the NFL started going towards and why, you know, a situation like that, where's next man up? The NBA set that precedent of, I'm a star, and I'm the next guy paid, so that guy got paid this much last year, I wanted to get paid this much this year. You know, even if it's a dollar more, they want to be paid more than the superstar that got paid before him. And if the CBA renegotiates, we we might not be seeing these big deals. I mean, granted, it might go from five years, 240, to five years, 200 million, but a guy like Giannis isn't necessarily willing to leave $40 $40 million on the table to stay in Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? He's eligible for $240 million if he stay in Milwaukee. He may not be willing to leave $40 million on the table to stay in Milwaukee if it's not going to guarantee him a championship. which is why I think the return to the NBA is so important because, like you said, you were talking about guys like Montres Harold, some of these second-round picks, who ain't, who ain't really making no money when we talk about the NBA aspect. When we talk about a regular person aspect, yeah, you can make a million dollars a year and you're making more than any of us may mm-hmm. in the next 15 years. But when you talk about the NBA budget and what guys make, we talk about these second-round picks, but we're not talking about, like you said, AD as a free agent. AD might be able to collect a fat check from LA, but if the CBA renegotiates, his money might go down, and it's not even mm-hmm. off him bargaining to win the championship. Guys will take $40 million less if he can almost guarantee himself a championship. You know, we've been hearing these rumors of Giannis going to Golden State, that would be solely him taking less money to ma- to win the championship. And, you know, it, it'd be a little more respectable than the KD situation. But, you know, at the at the strength of the Black Lives Matter movement, are we willing to ask these bl- black men, young, older, whatever, in their 20s and their 30s, are you willing to say, you know what? At the, I want the black men to take less money. Ma- we have to maximize as much money as we can get in our lifetime. Black and white. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter your color. You want to maximize as much money as you're eligible for. That'd be like going and making $100,000, but you know what? Because I could be a manager in two years, I'm going to make $40,000. Are you willing to leave that money on the table for the right now so we can't ask these black athletes to not make as much money for a movement, now, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm all for the movement, and they have a platform. A lot of these guys' platforms start to basketball, and that's the biggest thing that people aren't realizing is when Kyrie comes out and says we may not be able to have our platform, Kyrie's a basketball player first. You know, politics and basketball don't really mix. A guy like LeBron has made it mix, and he's made it mix very well. And I'm glad that these athletes are speaking out. I love it. I love that LeBron is able to share on Twitter. And he don't care whether he lose fans, gain fans. He's doing it because of his personal beliefs. But LeBron James has that platform because he's an NBA player. So if you go out there and set that platform while playing ball, people are going to listen. I would even respect it. A guy like James Harden, after a loss, goes in and says, look, I know y'all want to talk about this game and how we lost or whatever. Game one of the first round of the playoffs, we took this L. But I'm not taking no questions if it doesn't go, if it doesn't refer to the Black Lives Matter movement. That's respectable. That's how you take your basketball platform and make it bigger than that. It's like, look, I know we just played a game. I know we just lost or we won. And I know you want to talk about my stats. You know, a guy like Harden putting up a 30-point triple-double. That's what we want to talk about. But if a guy like Harden says, you know, I'm going to take my pe- platform as a basketball player and I'm not going to talk basketball after a big game that the whole country watched, and we going to talk about, you know, as a black man, I don't really care about my game. I love that I play ball, and I love that you guys are interested in my performance. But what I want to talk about is Black Lives Matter movement. So if your question doesn't have anything to do with that and how we're going to go moving forward, then don't talk about it. That's even more respectable. You took your basketball platform and made it bigger as far as, you know what I'm saying, keeping the Black Lives Matter movement alive because we don't want this to dwindle down until change starts being made. So at the same time, if you want change made, you can use your platform as a basketball player to create change in a sense. We never had guys get on there in an interview after the game and say, I 30, you know what I'm saying? I know this stuff going on in the world, but let's talk about my 30-point game. How about we get greedy? You know what? Forget my 30-point game. We won. I'm glad we're up 1-0 in the series, but let's talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. Let's talk about how we're going to create change. That'll change the whole aspect of sports and basketball players. If anybody, the basketball superstars, have that platform more than the football superstars because it's a, it's a star-driven league in the NBA as opposed to the NFL.
1: Right. Robert you got any final thoughts on that yeah just to follow up on the uh, the
3: CBA I, I was looking it up and so assuming that we are able to resume basketball and this year's and the CBA doesn't get uh, either renegotiated or straight up cancelled this year it expires in, after the 2022 2023 season or that's when they have an opt out but it's set to expire the 2023 2024 season this is going to have far more reaching uh, repercussions on the new CBA in four years because I guarantee you there will be something probably from the owner saying that if there's something that the the, that the league ends up getting postponed or canceled, they're able to recoup their money, they don't have to pay, whatever the case may be, something's going to be in the next CBA and it. I'm not going to go out and say that there's going to be a holdout, but there's probably going to be a holdout because of it, because this is going to be one of the driving factors in the next CBA uh, agreements.
1: Yeah, um, just to kind of wrap this uh, topic up, I I really honestly uh, think the players should really, really think hard on sitting out. Um, because of that CBA and what the uh, owners in the league is going to be able to do in the next one. So I really hope that they thought long and hard, um, players like Kyrie and anyone that's following Kyrie uh, be able to really analyze exactly what their next move is, if this is, um, in fact, what's going to happen. Because they've already lost a significant amount of money already. Um, yeah, for sure. Next topic, I kind of want to go into um, the Jamal uh, Adams uh, situation. So he's an elite athlete. Um, anybody would benefit for his, from his services, but I'm not really a big fan of players tweeting their way out of town. You know, we saw this with uh, what happened with Jalen Ramsey. What I'm going to, uh, ha- I know the Jets do not want to trade him whatsoever because they would have done it uh, by now anyway at the deadline last year. Um, with the Jalen Ramsey situation they offer the Kings ransom for him they they asked for a first and a second rounder and I see the same thing the Jets is probably gonna have to end up doing because they don't want to get rid of him so if you really want uh, Jamal Adams it's gonna be a lot that they're gonna ask for to get this man out of New York so uh, I start with Chris since this is in your backyard <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean that whole situation. I mean, we've heard about this. This this was from last year. I mean, he's he did this last year with the whole wanting to get traded and and one, uh, but he has no leverage. He has zero leverage. He still has two years left on his deal uh, with that with that option too. Uh, you know, so and with everything going on, with we don't know how the salary cap's going to look out in the future for football. How can, how can you ask for a trade? I know he wants to get, he wants to be the highest paid, not just the highest paid safety. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player in football. And listen, he's a tremendous player. Don't get me. He's an all pro safety. He's good, but safety on the list of, you know, as far as importance, is kind of on the bottom. You know, it does, I'm not taking away. It's like running back. You know, running back's important, but it's still not as valued as other positions. And, you know, the Jets straight up going to have to tell them, bro, you're, we're not going to pay you that money. And we're not going to trade you right now because we don't even know what's going on. We don't even know if there might even be a football season. So we can't get the, the right valuation for you. So you're gonna have to wait, you know, because I, you know, I'm sure they probably just like, yo, let's just get rid of him, but we have to make sure we get the right deal. Teams are not gonna be offering, because listen, if you're trading for Jamal Adams, you gotta give him a contract too, because there's no way you're trading two two ones or uh, you know, one and a two or whatever, and not you know re-upping him, you know. And that doesn't make sense. You know, I, that's why I don't get why Seattle did that with Clowney, you know, because uh, they didn't even offer him a contract unless he comes back for like, you know, uh, you know, one year, you know, $12 million. So Jamal Adams doesn't have leverage right now. He's still got a couple of years left on his deal. And, you know, I know he's played above his contract and all that. But man, he, this ain't the right time to be asking for for a trade. You know he's gonna have to wait this out, play this year out, if there is a season. Because you know, you know, as as we know, it feels like every day we get different news. Whether we might get something, and you know, we got players getting tested for positive for COVID, and you know, and you guys know how football is. There's so many people that are involved in the, in in the game game day basis this probably i can think over at least over 100 150 people that are involved in each team you know of our basis so you know but as far as jamal and all that man uh, he's a great player I, you know if i'm the jets we haven't won it's, it's kind of it, it kind of reminds me of odell being a giants fan that situation I loved Odell, but he—it's not like he helped us win anything. We didn't win jack with Odell on the team. Now, wasn't his fault? is not—you know—the way the team is built. You know, we haven't been great, but it's, it's very similar to that situation where you got a tremendous player who's probably the best, maybe one of the best safeties in the this, in, this, in the league. But is he worth all this? You know, it's one thing if it's a quarterback. If it's a pass rusher, it's a left tackle, you you could deal with all that, but is it worth it? No, but he's gonna have to wait because we don't we don't know what's going on. We don't know how, how football's gonna look. No team is has has had workouts with you know, no, no training camp. We don't know nothing about what's going on. You know until so, you know they say okay everything's back to normal and you know everything so Jamal uh, has no leverage he, he he's gonna have to stick this one out because it's the wrong time to ask for a trade right now because you know no one knows what's going on so and no team's gonna trade for anyone no not knowing what the salary cap's gonna look out for the future and, and all that so uh, it's not he, he's not gonna get traded, but if, if everything gets back to normal, if I'm the Jets, I, I send the Packers because they're they're not in a, they're not on a win now basis, and Jamal Adams just wants to play and, and try to win. So, and you saw the list of teams he wants; those are all playoff, Super Bowl type teams. So, you know, it, right now he has no leverage because we don't know what the hell's going on in sports. So, it, it, he's gonna have to just he's gonna have to wait it out and then and just deal with.
1: I've never seen a team that uh, basically gave a player what they want um, that had still had years left on their deal. Um, I, I see this getting ugly before it get, gets any better. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit on a lot of interesting points, you know, about the upcoming football season. You know, a few coaches uh, have uh, voiced concerns about uh, being able to play on some of the restrictions that, uh, that's that been set up for the league. Um, John Harbaugh was one of the coaches that was uh, a little bit outspoken about how it's um, uh, humanly impossible for them to be able to abide by those um, restrictions because yeah. I- I'm not sure if y'all gentlemen know that football – cannot social distance you can't
2: uh, literally I on, mean, the left guards right on the center the center is next like to the other guard attack every the
1: huddle in the huddle, how are you the huddle.
2: distance in the huddle the quarterbacks are like yo it's jimmy fat throw a slide these like how we and that's then why you have i think the, it's gonna the, be tough it's gonna be tough I, it's yeah. gonna be tough to get a season it's gonna man i'm
1: yeah and then the opposing teams if you're yelling out plays i mean like why are we even playing like yeah and there's gonna
2: be no fans too so you're gonna hear everything
1: <laughs> you're gonna hear all the calls you're gonna hear all the cases whatever um i mean they're not gonna be able to um you know fool anybody with any kind of trick players or anything like that so um i guess uh robert you're, you're next what are, what are your thoughts on, on jamal adams and this trade So I think it's a perfect time for
3: Jamal Adams to demand a trade. One, because the Jets are going nowhere. That's a fact. The ownership and management does not care to win. That's why they're letting Adam Gase go into his fourth year coaching them. He's a terrible head coach. We saw that in Miami. We're seeing that now. He's about, if he is able to pull off getting this trade, he's going to hit the doubleheader. Because, yeah, he wants to go to a contending team. That's on the whole list of teams that... He, he listed if he's able to go somewhere like Baltimore Kansas City, Seattle, let's say his cap hit is only about 5 million per year for one of the, if not the best safety in the game, and I understand Chris what you were saying, safety's not a high pride position like quarterback or, you know, a star receiver but Jamal Adams he plays in the box a lot and he's in the box, he's able to see the gaps Open up or hit those gaps for huge tech safety backfield covering. all he's up in the box and all. So, if he's able to go for five million somewhere, help them win a championship, he's not gonna stay with him because then, like you said, the new and then the up gonna hit his second contract, he's gonna go somewhere else and he's gonna get paid. He's going to get his ring on a rookie deal, and then he'll go somewhere else and get paid. So it's a perfect time. And in in a sense, he's kind of betting on himself because, yes, he has two years left. But let's say he balls out. They don't trade him this season. And we do have a full season. Balls out. That demand is just going to get higher. That trade ransom is just going to get higher. And the Jets are going to trade him. They're not going to let him walk in free agency and get nothing for him. If they do, that's stupid. And we know that's not going to happen. As dumb as that organization is, they're not that dumb. So when he balls out this season, he goes for four or five picks. You know, double, not double-digit sacks. He'll get maybe six, seven sacks. tackles I think in 2018, he had 115 tackles total. So when he balls out, that trade demand is going to go higher. The ransom is going to go higher. And the Jets will have to trade him. That's when he'll go to a contender. He'll... Maybe he'll win a ring. Maybe he won't. Depending on where he goes, but then after that, he'll get paid.
0: Yeah. Nope. Um, I I agree with Cruz. You're not gonna hear me say that that much. Um, <laughs> listen to us in the future. Hey,
3: nobody. Be- not everybody can be as smart as me.
0: <laughs> but no, nah, I, I I think um, I know Chris said that Jamal Adams doesn't have a lot of leverage. I think he does. I understand Chris's point though, and Chris did have a valid point of arguing that he doesn't have leverage as far as you know we don't know what the the salary cap is going to look like even if there is a season we don't know how much money they're going to lose by playing the games on tv it very well looks like there's going to be no fans in the stands i don't know how much money that is but i know them thousands on top of thousands of seats that's sitting in them stands i know not being able to sell those tickets you're going to lose a lot of money now you might gain money in the revenue of us sitting here and, and watching it on tv so I do understand that point. And like I said, I don't know the revenue of how much they're making by watching the games on national television as opposed to how much they're making, you know, by selling tickets. I don't know. But what I do know is Jamal Adams, he wants to win. Them seven teams, them eight teams that he put on the list, goes to show that he wants to win. Um, he put my cowboys on there. I would love to see him come to Dallas. The only thing is that asking price that the Jets are gonna give. For Jamal Adams, it's going to be a little more than I'd be willing to pay as far as being a Cowboys fan. They're going to want at least two first-round picks, especially because the, the trade demands went sour when we were in trade talks for Jamal Adams last year. So the Jets are going to look at Dallas and be like, if you want them, you're going to have to pay a ridiculous amount. And it's not that I don't want Jamal Adams. But when you have to sit there, and if you're Jerry Jones and if you're Mike McCarthy and whoever's sitting in that room debating this trade for Jamal Adams, you're literally going to have to sit there and be like, is Jamal Adams going to be the difference in the championship? Um, I'm torn between on that because I do think he could be. Our secondary is weak. That's the weakest part of our team. We have a, a strong offense, at least on paper. The secondary is the weakest part of our team. We have a good front seven. We have a great offensive line. We have a solid quarterback. Whether you think he's a leader or not is the time for a different argument we have an elite running back, we have an elite receiving core, as a core, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. The only questions on the Cowboys right now is, are the Cowboys going to be the Cowboys and have all that talent and still go 8-8? Eight and eight? Which I understand, you know, that's the toughest part about being a Cowboys fan, is like, that's what we tend to do. We did it last year. So that's the one question, and the other question is also secondary. And is Jamal Adams as great as he is, is he going to be able to to make up for what we lack at corner? He's going to have to truly play safety at that point if he was to come to Dallas. Because for the simple fact, he's going to have to play safety. We can't blitz him cuz if our corners are spending their whole games getting burnt, we have to have somebody over the top being able to protect them deep balls, you know, against when we talk about the Super Bowl aspect and the playoff aspect, we have to have a guy who's able to stop Michael Thomas from having a huge game. Adam Thielen from having a huge game. You know, a lot of these top receivers. and then if we want to talk Super Bowl with, I'm not ready to talk Super Bowl with the Cowboys, but if we even talk about AFC matchups, guys like Marquise Brown, who's a threat down the field, Tyreek Hill, you know, when we start evaluating guys that can make it down the field, we have to know that Jamal Adams is going to be able to do that. I don't question his ability. I question some of his leadership. He don't seem like a great leader because a great leader wouldn't be demanding a trade like this.
2: That's the thing. He's not a great leader. And, and it's and been one. people have said that on his team. Uh, you know, the unanimous guys have said, unanimous guys have said he's not a, he's not really a team leader. So, And, he,
0: and he's going to want max money. Dallas has maxed their salary cap. And Sal- he still yeah. has not worked that yet. And I know I, I kept it solely focused on Dallas. Now, I think Jamal Adams will help a lot of team win. I mean, just imagine if we wake up in the morning and we find out the Chiefs gave up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. They can or they, they think can like afford crazy. to do it too. Exactly, they can and afford to go do. We're crazy, and we know you're gonna be sitting here thinking, like, man, if the Chiefs ain't already be a cheat code, you know what I'm saying? They get Jamal Adams on top of that. They have Tyron Matthew and Jamal Adams at safety. <laughs> and guess who they that have at quarterback? They got
2: they got Patty Mahomes there, so you, you know. know what I'm saying? It, it puts or in, even
0: the Ravens. The Ravens are a team that went 14 and 2. I know they kind of folded in the playoffs, but if he was to go to the Ravens, you know what I'm saying? Um, That team is ultimately improved off a 14 and 2 season, which is very scary if you're anybody who has to face the Ravens. How does a team that's 14 and 2 get better? And they got Earl Thomas, too. (laughs) Exactly. And we typically see teams like that take a step back because they go 14 and 2. You can't get too much better than that other than going 14 and 2 and winning the Super Bowl. But to ultimately improve your roster, because teams that good end up having to pay those guys. So to have a young quarterback be that good, to have a running back who's aging and isn't asking for a lot of money, and then draft a a, a solid running back in the second round, like, to be able to improve your team that way, trade for Koliath Campbell without having to trade a ridiculous type of draft pick. Um, You know what I'm saying, CJ, uh, not CJ Mosley, I'm sorry, he went to the gym, but to be able to get the guy to replace CJ Mosley with Patrick Queen. Like, the Ravens have something going good for them, they too. They drafted it really well. It would make well. a lot of sense. They drafted well. They did free agency well. They made trades in free agency well. It would make a lot of sense for a team like the Ravens to go get him. Um, really, he just wants to win. The Bucks. The Bucs would also, they're in a win-now mode. They got Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I understand you don't want to, you may not necessarily want to send two first-round picks for your future, but if you're in a win-now mode, getting Tom Brady, getting Gronk, drafting arguably, in my personal opinion, the best offensive lineman in the draft, he fell to you at 14. So being able to do all that, it will make sense for the Bucks to trade for him too. As much as my Cowboys are mentally in a win-now mode, we have to show this year that we're in win-now. We have to go 11-5, 12-4. and, five, 12 and four. We have to make a run in the playoffs to say it's going to be worth trading for Jamal Adams. I don't think right now it's going to be worth it. Because if you trade for Jamal Adams, you're going to have to pay him. Like Chris said, like even Cruz said it, you're going to have to pay him. And if you're going to draft him right now and have to pay him, you know, 20, 18 $19, 20000000 million a year, if you're not winning, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time, and for a team like my Cowboys, we're locked up with the salary cap. We paid Amari Cooper. We're going to end up paying Dak. We may not pay Dak the $40 million, but we're going to end up signing him to a long-term deal. We're going to lock him in, even if it's $36, 37000000 million a year. We paid Zeke, which goes back to Corey's point of like He hasn't seen too many players with two years, three years left on a contract get paid but Zeke is that guy, you know, and that's probably one of the only few players that hold that leverage that Corey was talking about, which makes sense on what Corey was saying as far as guys don't get paid that early. Zeke is the only guy, and that's because we felt like as Cowboys, as, as an organization, Our team was so great offensively because of what Zeke can do, the threat that Zeke can do. We almost started running our team like the Rams, the play action, opening up for Dak. So I just, I, I, I want Jamal Adams. And if I woke up and I found out the Cowboys are, gave up two first-round picks for Jamal Adams, would I be upset? No. Because for one, that'd be the Cowboys telling us we're in win-now mode. And do I know if we'll win now? I don't know. But it would be telling us that they're committing to win now. And I would also imagine that at that point, a Jack extension will come in the future. But for other teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bucks, that makes perfect sense for them to go ahead and trade for Jamal Adams, give up them future picks. You have Mahomes, and you're going to be able to pay him regardless. You have Tom Brady, you're in a win-now mode. The Seahawks, even if the Seahawks, you know he would like to go to the Seahawks, you have Russell Wilson. you have your quarterback. If he goes to the Seahawks, he's going to make impact, a certain impact of Super Bowl bubble teams. For the Cowboys, we're not on the Super Bowl bubble yet. We're playoff bubble with hopeful playoff runs. That's not a team that trades for Jamal Adams and gives up their near future. Teams that are on the Super Bowl bubble are teams like, like I said, the Ravens, the Bucks. The, the Chiefs, the Seahawks. Those are guys with Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that would be able to trade for Jamal Adams. Now, he will make enough of a difference on the defense that it, he could separate those kind of teams from winning the championship or not winning the championship. So that's why I stand on Jamal Adams. I would love to see him in the Cowboys uniform. i love him to see him throw on that 33 for the Cowboys. But it just doesn't make sense for us as much as it makes sense for the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bucks, even Philly. I don't want to see him go to Philly, but it'll make a lot of sense for Philly. They kind of invested in their secondary. It's a lot stronger than it was last year with Darius Slay, they signed the cap. Mickey, Roby Nikki Coleman, you know, stuff like that. So you add Jamal Adams on the top of that, that, that makes the Eagles very scary with Carson Wentz as long as he can stay healthy. And even the Texans also. Their secondary is very questionable. They have a nice young secondary, I think, with having Conley, with having hard grades. So I think if you throw a veteran, like, and he's not too much of a veteran, but a third, fourth-year guy like Jamal Adams on the top of that, and Conley gets burnt, but he has compensation behind them with with Jamal Adams being able to cover that, I think that makes for a a very solid secondary with young corners who are still learning and still developing and get better and they have a Super Bowl potential quarterback in Deshaun Watson. It just makes sense for a lot of other teams. Even though he's from Dallas and the Cowboys are on this list, it just doesn't make as much sense for us as it makes for other uh, other teams, some of the other teams on that list.
1: For me, I, I, I don't really watch a whole lot of new York Jets games but when I did watch it I didn't really see him um uh do a lot of uh, drop drop out you know, do coverage um I see him playing more so in the box yeah, he's
2: an in box safety yeah much. that's
1: that's i mean he's he's disruptive he's a great team leader but I, we need somebody to turn over the ball um for the Cowboys that's what we' were having problems with Byron Jones That's why we let him go um I think we, we'll probably see more of the same. You know, I, I just, I don't see a whole lot, you know, difference he probably could have made with the Cowboys. To me, I don't, I don't know. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of games. He did. Uh, he was one of the biggest defensive leaders um, on that that win that they got against us. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just could not believe that, um, that they, they, they ended up beating us, but um, we'll see. I mean, you're the Cowboys, uh, stuff like that happens <laughs> you guys, you should know that. <laughs>
0: I just think, I think the modern-day safety, <laughs> Jamal Adams fits the modern-day safety. We, we don't have our Ed Reeves and our Troy Polamalu who's going to lay you out in the middle. Jamal Adams is a big hitter now, don't get me wrong. But the NFL doesn't allow us. We, you know, we part of us of holding on to the early 2000s, mid-2000s of football. We got to let the positioning go. You know, just like we let it go with basketball, and now at this point, basketball don't have positions. You have your best five on the floor and it's starting five. Football, it's not the generational safety of your Ed Reed, your Ronnie Lott, your Troy Polamalu. We don't have those anymore. Hence the why Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons draft stock was so high. We have guys, you know, you need safeties that are able to draft, uh, be able to blitz and be able to coverage and be able to be a nickel corner on top of being a safety. That's what the safety demand is now, and Jamal Adams fits that perfectly, and that's the way the NFL is going. So I do think Jamal Adams will help any team that he goes to. I think he will help the Cowboys. I think he could put the cow, he could separate and put the Cowboys into the Super Bowl bubble, as far as those teams, if we were to get them. Hmm. I know you're gonna say the Cowboys are gonna be the Cowboys. I fully understand that, but look—if we were to get Jamal Adams, eight and eight, Giants fans, (laughs) and Cruz and the Redskins fans would be like, yo, the
2: Redskins, man. These Redskins are. Hey, y'all, y'all just keep sleeping on us.
1: (laughs) That's right, Mo. Just keep
2: sleeping. I can't talk shit. My team's gonna be on the on the clock next year, so.
1: Yeah, if
0: we was to get Jamal Adams, it would set us, not necessarily over the top where you'd be like, the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl, because we still have other questions, but we would made a much scarier team, but is it worth it for the price? Is it worth being scary now, as opposed to possibly being scary three years from now?
3: Here, here's the thing. So the thing with the Cowboys is, you can say that it would be worth it, if they would have made a run last year or the year before or the year before, if they were making deep playoff runs, you know, coming close to the, at least getting to the NFC championship game, maybe into the Super Bowl and losing it. If you were on the edge, yes. Two, three, four draft picks, it doesn't matter. And and you think that's, that will set you over the top? Sure. But when you're struggling just to make it into the playoffs, a safety is not your answer. A, a, a safety that can play in the box is not the answer.
0: I fully agree with you, Cruz. You know, as far as you saying that, I agree with you. You know, like, that's why I would hesitate. If we were on that Super Bowl bubble, make the move. Give up your first and your two first round picks and the second round pick, give it up. But with us going eight and eight with that talented roster, we have a top five talented roster, but we don't have top five finishes. We're not 12 and four, 13 and three, 14 and two, like we should be based on our roster. Nobody, no true football fan will argue that the Cowboys shouldn't be a top team in the league, regardless. Exactly. And so I do agree with you is if we did make a run last year and we did make it to the NFC Championship or we did lose in the Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl, whatever, then I'd be like, you know what, jump the gun and do it because he's going to be the difference. He's going to make that difference because I do think he is going to make that difference. But with us going 8-8 eight eight is why I would be so hesitant to give up so much of our future for guaranteed like if it was a quarterback it'd be different if we were talking about us trading for Aaron Rodgers it's different if we were talking about us trading for Drew Brees that's a whole different conversation give up the future for right now because right now ultimately year in and year out you don't want to think 10 years from now and sell yourself short on winning the Super Bowl you don't want to think five years from now and sell yourself winning the Super Bowl I don't think we'll sell ourselves short by leaving Jamal Adams where he's at I think we should leave him where he's at, and yeah. you know, if if they lower the price, jump on it. But if what they want is at least two first-round picks at the very least, he's not worth it. And I think we just he's yeah, not we it. gotta let him be. No. He's he's arguably the best safety, and you know, there's there's a couple other safeties in that argument. You know, Derwin James, Earl Thomas, is other safeties in that. But he's not going to take us over the top to where we go from 8-8 to now you're talking about the Cowboys and Super Bowl contenders. If it was a guy that would take us from us going 8-8 to be Super Bowl contenders, I'd say jump on it right now. Yeah. But that's not going to be the case with Jamal Adams, so I don't want to
2: see us do that. It all comes down to Dak Prescott, and if he takes his game to the next level. That's pretty – That's if he takes his game to the next level, it doesn't matter if you add a safety or whatever. He's going to – if he takes the game to the next level, then you guys will be 11, 12, 13 with football team, and you'll get to – So, but if he digresses, then it don't matter if you add Jamal Adams or you add Derwin James or whatever because you won't be – in the playoffs it, it, everything comes down with the cowboys to the like most teams it comes down to the quarterback if the quarterback like for the giants if daniel jones takes that next step Hell, we could be maybe sneaking into the playoffs. But if he if he's the same or he digresses, we're we're gonna be talking about you know having the number one pick next year. So you know just like we, it's all about Redskins too. You know Dwayne Haskins. If Dwayne Haskins takes that next step, hell, we can talk about the Redskins because they got a nice defense. Dwayne Haskins bowls out. He's got weapons too. The Redskins could could win the division. This is the division where, where any team can win it. So and it an all comes down to quarterback play.
1: It's just risk that simple. Sh- Redskins should. Hey, been talking Corey, to Cam. come defend me now. Come defend. Redskins. And- Corey. <laughs> so, like okay, let's talk about the Redskins should have been talking to Cam. <laughs> I just, uh, that's what I'm gonna say about that. Like I don't, I don't really don't think it's hard though that with,
2: without without getting his medicals and and working him out and with today's climate you can't how you can't really tell how he's looking so you just can't sign him this and this think okay that's 2015 cam we could we could reinvent him and he could come right. back to that so without without getting him on the field and actually looking at him and not just going off instagram videos and all that you know you got, got to get him in your facility you got to work him out you got to get him a physical make sure he's healthy and and, and see how he works with your guys that's the only way you can really tell if cam would be a good fit but right now you, you can't tell who we don't even know how tom ray is going to be in tampa bay because he hasn't worked out with, with his team you know i know he did a little workouts recently but you know he hasn't worked his system he hasn't talked to coaches so it's going to be you know when the football starts if it starts it's going to be the first couple weeks are going to be bad it's
1: if you're in a situation, basketball. if you're in a situation like Washington was in, like I get all that you're talking about, but we're talking about the Redskins, and I don't mean to oh, you know, you just try, keep on talking oh, about this. Oh,
2: getting on your skin, man. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I, I mean, <laughs> just you—you you take
1: that chance, you know, just just knowing what he possibly could be, because I mean, you—you you can't, you don't have anything with Dwayne Haskins. I, I already know that. Like they didn't even want to play him when he first, you know, they start really started getting bad for him. They—that's why. Um, what was the coach um jay gruden. gruden 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 um they didn't want to just you know play him you know when it stuff out really getting bad they got all the way down to the depth and they were like okay i guess we'll just play him now since uh Daniel's Oh,
2: he wasn't down. ready you know he definitely wasn't ready to play when he played definitely
1: that's yeah. because
3: the coaching times didn't get him ready yeah he, he was completely right dan snyder wanted him just like dan snyder wanted rg3 yeah. he was pressing the draft dwayne haskins his local kid all of that um Jay Groon didn't want him. They didn't want him. When they finally did put him in, it was against the Giants. He, they just threw him to the wolves. Yeah, that was all He crap. had no starter reps. He, and and as much as we like to say, oh, if you're a professional athlete, you should always be ready. What, first team reps going up against an NFL defense, unless you're actually getting legit reps, you're not going to be
2: ready. Now he, he wasn't ready at all that game. I remember watching. It. I'm like, oh, he looks scared. It was rough. Scared. And that's not it was rough. You should never you should never put your quarterback. And I, I don't want to hear like, oh, he should be. No, you just that's not that's not fair to a guy because you're just exactly. letting, you're feeding him to the wolves and you're just expecting him to fail. And that's just wrong. I don't care if that's not if that wasn't if he was because I heard they wanted Daniel Jones. That was another mm-hmm. room. I know Jay Gruden wanted Daniel Jones. Yep. That's what they wanted. So that's why the Giants took Daniel Jones at six. Yep. yep. Remember, so, yeah. So because the Giants taking Jones at six was kind of a reach. But then when I heard that, no, there was the Redskins and I believe a few other teams were really it. But I know the Redskins, they wanted Daniel Jones. So the Daniel Jones would not have. Uh, been there with the Giants, you know, because Giants had two other first round picks, he wouldn't have made it to I think 17 with yeah, the next yeah, the Giants 17th. pick. And the Redskins, I believe, had what 16? Around that. Yeah, range. 15. Yeah, 15. So he wouldn't have lasted. If they if they had just said, oh, we'll, we'll wait for Daniel at 17, the Redskins would have took him in, and then we would have took Dwayne Haskins most likely. So right, right. You know, so but you know it, you know I think Ron Rivera is gonna is is had looked at, is looking at Dwayne and says I can I can work with him. Because or else they would have picked up a, another legit vet veteran to to push him to be the starter. You know they right. would have got a Cam Newton or whoever uh, Danny Dalton, you know someone of that you know of that stature to be you know compete with him. They they got the kid uh, uh the dude for that was playing with the Panthers. Uh, Kyle like Allen. That. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. I mean, Allen. if Dwayne Haskins can't beat him out, then that's on Dwayne Haskins. It, it's right. that Simple. So and they, they're giving Dwayne like Dwayne. We want you to be the guy. We believe in you. And Ramon Rivera is to me. Rama Rivera is. I want him to be the Giants coach. He's a tremendous football coach. He, he just he's a, he's a leader of men, and I think he can he can really. You know the, what the Redskins had with with uh, with Gruden. He, he was a lame dunk coach he was gone he didn't really care it didn't really matter he he don't care he's gone yeah but with Ron Rivera I feel like he's gonna really build you know him build uh, Dwayne to really get his confidence going and, and just make him believe that he's gonna be the guy and I think he's gonna have success because you know he's super talent and you saw even in the Giants game when they played the Redskins and uh, he played he played good.
0: He in in
2: the he second was, game, yeah. In the second game, I, I wish we would have lost that game because we would have got Chase Young. I'm glad so y'all I didn't get that. Chase Young. <laughs> but that's still, I can't believe he won that game. I just, whatever. But whatever. It happened. But he looked good in that game. And he did look good towards the end, of, you know, because last couple starts. So that gives you hope. And you're getting more weapons. Terry McClure in there already. You know, you, you, you're developing. Hopefully, Guy stays healthy so that you can establish a run game. You know, uh, so... You know, I, I I was a big Haskins fans coming into the draft, you know, when he did Ohio State. You know, uh, Mo knows what he did at Ohio State. He yeah. was tremendous there. He put up stats, you know. So I still believe it. But it's all where you get drafted to, man. And if you have the right coaching, you could take it to the next level. If you got right. bad coaching, you look like crap like he did last year at, at some points. You know, so it's, you know, this, this coaching staff was not going to allow that. I think they're going to definitely going to help him. And he's going to be put in good situations and not going to just force everything on him. He's going to be good. And I'm hoping for success, even though it's the Redskins, you know, division rival, I root for guys that I like, and I like Haskins
1: and I hope he does well. So last topic of the day. The Dynasty Football League FNC Pod League This is Robert's yeah. League um,
2: No, it's going to be my <laughs> league because I'm going to win everything So this is my league <laughs> I'm taking over Some
1: Big talk this from somebody who hasn't one. paid
3: up the uh, Hasn't paid up yet
2: Oh no, I got you bro, I got you
3: <laughs> Nah, I nobody's paid, I haven't even paid
1: yet <laughs> This is my first uh, Dynasty League so Tell us a little bit about it, um, Robert
3: Yeah, so First, once my first time playing fantasy football was I think my junior senior year of high school. It was fun. Played it with a bunch of randoms on ESPN. Then I started playing with friends. And one year, at my last command, somebody that I was in the league with, and I I wanted somebody. I was like, "Yo, I'll give you a third round draft pick next year. Like, let me know who you want in that pick, and I'll draft him for you." And it was just, it was kind of like a, haha, that, that would be cool if you could do something like that. And then I finally did hear about a dynasty league, which is, it's continuous every year. Your whole roster goes over to the next year with you and you can trade draft picks. You can do all that. And I know some of us have already made a few trades. I have two first rounders next year. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, let's go.
2: He's tanking for Lawrence already, bro. <laughs> hey, hey!
3: I was gonna be real. This draft. So I'm in two leagues this year. This draft did not go the way I thought it was going to go, and I am. And I'm looking to the future, two, three years from now. Y'all watch out. But that's. But um. About Dinosaur, yeah. that.
2: Yeah. So you can look. It, it really is. That's what I love about that, and I just this is this is my first year doing this. Is my second dynasty league, and I'm trying to get my other league that I've been doing for years for like 10 years already i'm trying to get them to do dynasty because i just think it's more fun to do it that way you know if you have a team and that's your team for you know three for how long you want to do it and you could trade trade picks trade players and picks i think that's just fun and you know it makes it makes the draft there's more strategy in the draft and you could trade future picks you know it's like being a GM it's kind of like exactly being a GM and, and, and you know I think that's a fun aspect we get to play GM for a day you know uh, for, for uh, a year whatever whatever years amount of years and just have fun with it and you do it with you know it's um, and it's even more fun when you do it with other people you know right
3: right 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 right.
2: You know each other and you know we can have fun with it talk trash you know and just make have fun with it and just go with it and see see what happens and see we can go But go back in four or five years and be like, oh, man, my team, I won this many chips or, you know, I'm in the I'm drafting first every year. You know, so I think that's fun. And it adds another element. So like because when you just do a regular draft and it's year in, year out, it gets kind of like, oh, this guy does this strategy to run three running backs. This allows you to just, you know, your team. So it makes it even, no, no, okay, I got this guy for three, four years, and then, all right, let me think about the, the, all right, so who's the, running back for the Titans, the backup running back for the Titans, maybe he could be the starter in two years, you know, mm-hmm. we don't, so it, it just makes you think more and then thinking about, alright, alright, should I, should I really go for it this year or should I try to, you know, maybe not win too much so I could try to get, you know, Trevor Lawrence or someone next year, you know, or whoever's coming up or, uh, you know, someone like that, you know, so it, it's fun. I, I think it's something that I'm going to do with all my leagues and just do strictly dynasty because I just think that's, that's the best way to play
1: fantasy. So Mo, why haven't you accepted my trade request?
2: <laughs> you trying to take Julio? Yeah.
1: I
0: hey, gave him a good so deal.
2: Look.
0: So look. It's I didn't want to give me. I'm
2: running I'm
0: I'm analyzing. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what these other deals going to be like. It's not that I won't accept it. I'm just I'm just waiting to see what I, say, I can trying get. To hit deal. Deal. Trying to hear this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love your deal. Don't get me wrong. It's possible. That, it gets accepted.
2: that means he's waiting for other offers. He's, yeah. he's trying to hear from other people in the future. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm more of a. I like to be, I like to look and wait to make deals. I know a lot of people hit me, up try to make trades. I, I like to wait, because like you said, we don't know what's going on with football yet, so I don't want to make a deal that I'm going to regret, you know, or something like that, when someone gets hurt when training camp starts, you know, so I kind of wait, wait, I wait till training camp. You know, if we get training camp, I'll, that's when I'll start looking to make a little bit more deals, see where things are going. i get more of a more uh, feel of making trades. But right now I'm going to sit back. I like how I, my team looks. And sit back and just wait a little bit before I make start making wheeling and dealing. So, I think my
3: team could yeah. surprise, I think my team could surprise a lot of us this year. I was just looking over, it and it's not as bad as I thought it was.
2: What do you what was, was, just, what was the most surprising pick you that from any team and uh that you like? Oh, okay, so I, them that.
3: I love her, I love my wife. We all had the same reaction when she did it. When she took Joe Burrow in the fourth round, and she was she was pick ten, so she was on the turnaround. So she had like four ten, and and like five one, five point one, and she took. I don't remember who she took with a pick before, but then she took Joe Burrow, and I was like, I, I I'm hoping that in three or four years it'll end up being more of a steal than it is, you know, a reach. He for Leve her
2: Bell. sake, he Bell
3: was a pick before. Okay, that's right. She did take Le'Veon Bell. The pick right before that, yeah. <laughs> but because she, she also had, she drafted Lamar Jackson with her first pick, too. So, I mean, he stole my it, pick. Right. Well, Corey stole mine. That's the whole reason I moved up from five to three. I thought I'd be good. I was like, and I even thought about it. I was like, third overall, I'll be good taking Mahomes. Uh-huh. Because all the mock drafts and all the the average draft position, Mahomes was like 39th average draft position, which is crazy.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's based off like regular. I think regular like fantasy, like a regular. No,
3: but even in regular, uh regular fantasy, yeah, you're, you're waiting till you're you're waiting till round four to take Patrick Mahomes, even uh, just in a, a. Yeah,
2: in my other dynasty league, I I took him one. I had the number one pick. So, so
3: did I. In my other one,
2: I took the number one.
0: The only thing with taking quarterbacks is most people don't take quarterbacks until the fifth or sixth round. We are not used to the NFL being so loaded. You know what I'm saying? With why? Let's
2: see, who, my, who quarterback did I take? My first quarterbacks Kyler Murray. I think we lost some more there, but I took, I took Kyler Murray in round six.
1: So who was your starting quarterback? Who mine? Mine? Yeah, Chris. Mine is Kyler Murray. Oh, so you got Kyler Murray. Who you have? Robert? I got
2: Kyler Murray and Tua. Uh,
3: I'm like eighty percent of my team is quarterbacks right now. I have Russell Wilson is my starter. I have Teddy Bridgewater, Dwayne Haskins, and Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you? And call Ka- and Kaepernick, but that's
1: just for the culture. I think Kaepernick will get on a team. So So do I. Get on a team. I think he will get on a team. So what do you think Uh, he's gonna uh, be able to bring to the table?
3: Kaepernick, nothing. He's not gonna bring anything to the table. He's been at the league for almost four years. He's, I, I don't like his throwing motion. The one that little fake uh, workout that the NFL put together for him last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like his throwing motion. There, there wasn't much zip on the ball. I mean, maybe he could work on it. Maybe he can, once he gets back with an NFL team with a quarterback's coach working on that, he can improve. But I think right now the league is just trying to sign him just to get get rid of that bad image that they have from 2017 when they when they essentially back, blackballed him from the league.
2: They clearly did it. It's obvious. Yeah. Now they're on they're an apology tour. Like, oh, yeah. we, we should have listened to him. Well, I mean, come on now. You guys listen to the owners and all the fans who are so. oh, my God, he, 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 he. Disrespected the flag. Well, meanwhile, he never really did because you know he, it was never about the flag. Right. <laughs> Police brutality. So people just and 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 it's obvious the owners were getting were getting harassed by the fans that you better not sign them or we're not going to come and they got scared that they're going to lose half their fans. And and Odell too, and it was like you know just don't sign him. It's simple, yeah. Because you can't you can't tell me that with all the quarterbacks that have played in this league, and we've seen a lot of trash quarterbacks in this league, trash quarterback play, that he was not better than.
3: Nathan Peterman
2: and Nathan Peterman and 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 uh, and Alex Taney, who's a Giants backup, was thirty-two years old and has like ten career passes. You can't tell me he's not better than I. You can say whatever you want that his his play has was was on the decline. You know but that's also because of the team the team was on a decline i think people mm-hmm. from that perspective offensive line was trash receivers core was trash they just fired uh you know a, a hard bar so that was his guy so the next coaching staff wasn't you know there was so many aspects of why kaepernick struggled those last couple years it's, right like, it wasn't just because kaepernick's play was bad it was because There's so many factors, you you know, there's so many factors that could be why you're not playing up to your potential. So, you know, it's just, you know, I don't get why he, 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 you know, he was better than way, a lot more to, uh, starting quarterbacks. He was better than a lot of these quarterbacks. He went to a Super Bowl just off his, just off his, you know, his football his, his card. You just look at his stat like Super Bowl, you know, he went to, and, you know, he throws that pass a little higher. We're talking about maybe the 49ers having the greatest comeback ever at that time in Super Bowl history. So, you know, he, he, he got blackballed. It's that simple. It, it's, it's, it's obvious he was blackballed and it's wrong. It's clearly wrong, but he' they. they you know they care about money so much you know yeah. obviously they cared about they took they cared about more about the money than the the actual what he was trying to what he was what his mo, his motive was and they took it out of proportion of course they flipped it and made it into a whole he's against the united states he hates his country and they just got scared of it and they blackballed him but yeah. you know, I, I hope he gets i hope he gets an opportunity i don't know if he'll have success because four years especially playing quarterback you know yeah. he's gonna be rusty as hell. You know, learning a whole new system. You know, and is he is he really willing to be? You know, in, you know, being a backup because he's gonna be a backup if he wouldn't. Well, I mean.
3: If he really wants to play, he's, he's definitely not going to be a starter anywhere. No, I mean, they can bro. they can do with him kind of like what Tennessee did with uh, Mariota last year after they benched him for for Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Put him in, in specific packages inside the 10, inside the 5, trying to get, you know, a few yards. Yeah. Use his legs. I'm sure he's still fast. He's still quick. He's
2: still running, his yeah. His athleticism is not going to go away. But his, as far as just... You know, four years away from not reading defenses. You know, you're gonna. you
1: know, it's, that's it's gonna I'm be not, rough.
2: It's gonna take. He you wasn't a,
1: really. A, he and he wasn't really that type passer. of quarterback. Yeah, he wasn't that efficient yeah, uh,
2: passer. He, he wasn't like he's gonna go through his first progression, third progression, right. third. He was just like, if that first progression wasn't there, he was taking off. It breaks you know, down. Right. he's gonna take off
1: running. Yeah, if it breaks up. Yeah. You know, so
2: you know, I hope he gets an opportunity. You know, I don't. I don't see it happening. I really don't. I, I, he might get a camp invite. And that just to, just for show, I think that it, it's going to come down as going to be a dog the pony show that just, you know, hey, yeah. Goodell's going to be like, hey, sign him for training camp just to say we're trying and, and something. it's going to be a publicity stunt, and that's why I don't want it to be. If he's going to sign with a team, I'm on the signing team because he can actually, you know, be, be uh, you know, contributor to that ball club. So I, yeah. I don't see it happening, though. I really don't, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what the um the last meeting was was a dog and pony show. Yeah. And I've I'm never doctor, you, you never in the history of the NFL have you ever seen them put on that kind of um, um training uh thing special for just one player. You've never seen that before. And so they was basically looking for him to do something that was uh, a little bit worth more than he's you know, than he's worth like basically worth more than what he's worth. I guess is he's worth the trouble. So whenever he moved it it was like up, oh, see? I told y'all he was uh, worth, uh, he was too much trouble. Then they was able to say, okay, th- now that's our out. That's our out. Because they was trying mm-hmm. to find something to basically put the nail in the coffin that we are not blackballing him. There's no collusion going on. Look, we gave him an opportunity, and look, this is what he did with it. Uh-huh. So um, I would love to see him back in the NFL, but I really don't even know if he even wants to play football anymore. Um, I, I really don't because, you know, even though – he's been out for a while he's basically said he want to play but i just don't really see that desire of him wanting to play football anymore like he was when he was playing for san francisco we,
2: we, need, we need to speak up more too also he, he he's, he's kind of been silent too too he's got to speak up and be like yo i want to play simple i want to yeah. play i'm ready let's go you know, yeah. you know. His I know they did hold to to him. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she's talking more than it, and that, and that comes with a lot of things with his with his whole. You know, he needs to speak up more as far as with all the social things. So it seems like, you know, he, he has other people talking to him, and we, you know, we want you to speak, bro. We need right. you to speak up more. You know, we get we understand you more, but if what comes from your voice it's more powerful. You know, because you're the leader of this. You know, we need your, your voice more. You know, I don't need you to tweet. We need you to speak up on this. Well, I don't care what platform you use, who you use, whom you go to. But you need to speak up more about, you know, all the social injustice, all, all everything you believe in. And then bring up the football stuff, you know. I know there's a whole legal thing, too. So maybe that's, that's something that, you know, he can't speak about. Because I know Goodell can't even mention his name. You yeah. Know, mention his name, you know. So that's why when people got on the Dell, was like, you can't really get on him because he says his name. That's another 20 mil for Cap. And they already gave him a whole lot of money. So, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, we can't give him any more money. You know, he's already made right. bad money from that whole lawsuit. But, you know, I wish we could see him speak more. I think he needs to speak out more and, and just be like, yo, man, I'm around. Let's play. But we need to hear from him. We always hear from other people. Let's hear I want to hear from Cap. Like, yo, Cap, go on to go on a IG live, something, do something. Go on EST, right. Fox Sports. Go on something. Be like, yo, I want to play football. I am ready. I've been prepared. I'm ready to go. I'm 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 sharp. My mind's sharp. I've studied playbooks. I've done all this. I'm ready to play football. That's what I wanna do. I love football. He needs to say, I love football. And, and so, maybe that right. could get me, okay, maybe he's taking it. Because that's the thing. People might be like, does he really love football? Does he really, is he really feeling football, you know? That's the one thing I think, you know, some teams might be like, does he really love it? Are we going to just do this dog and pony show and stuff? So that's something that, you know, he needs to go I'm like, yo, I want to play. It's simple. I don't care. I don't care about any of this. I don't care about the settlement, all this. I want to play football you know and that's it and I'm you know he's gonna continue to do his kneeling stuff you know whatever so you know teams are gonna know that's gonna happen but if he says he's ready to play you know hopefully that can help bring more you know have more teams more more owners comfortable and you know you know how you know these owners are you know you know, they might just be like, let's let's do it. But, you know, they'll also have the owners that still get those fans that be like, I don't I'm not going to support the team if he's on the team. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's in a tough situation. But like I said before, man, I just don't see him playing ball. But you know, like I said, I hope so. I hope he gets an opportunity to play because, you know, there was a couple of years he played. You know, when he got to those NFC championships and the Super Bowl, he was fun to watch. He was fun mm-hmm. to watch. He was killing the Green Bay Packers. And that's always fun to see when the Green Bay Packers get destroyed. So, you know, uh, but uh, he's, 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 uh, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, what happens to him.
1: Right. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, end the show on you know that note. Um, Robert, it's just your first time on Out of Bounds. Go ahead and uh, let everyone know how they can uh, follow your podcast. All right. So
3: I got I'm on all the major platforms: Apple, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all that. Um, I'm off of Anchor is the hosting platform that I'm on. You can find me at Football and Show Podcast. Go hit up my Facebook page and Instagram are both Football and Show Podcasts. I put polls up on on some of them. Those when you'll see what I post when I post it. Hit me up on Twitter, FNC Pod. That's where I'm active the most with other people. um, I put a lot of polls on there, Andrew Polls. I share a lot of stuff. I mean, the three of us, or the four of us, with Mo included, we interact all the time. We're always uh, going off of each other's stuff. Yeah, definitely hit me up on any
1: of those. Uh, Just stay on the lookout for everything I'm putting out. Chris, I know you had some merch uh just dropped. Uh you want to talk about your yeah. podcast and your merch.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, Off the Ball podcast. You can find me on all podcast platforms. I just switched over to Podbean, so I'm on Bean right now as the main Is my main uh where my podcast is based at but i'm on podbean now but you can find me I, I do some i post a lot of shows on youtube also working on up you know doing more stuff for youtube but uh on instagram twitter off the ball pod facebook page off the ball podcast and yeah the merch um uh i just got production started today so i'm really excited about that so i'm working on i got shirts hats coming. I got wristbands I already made. So I'm excited about that. That's what I've been really working on these last few weeks. I I haven't really done a lot of podcast work, probably like 10 days. Having me post to the podcast, I've been, but I've been really working on the the merch stuff. That's kind of been my focus on. But uh, I'll, I'll get back to to doing the podcast stuff uh, next week. Uh, I got some shows lined up for next week. But yeah, uh, you know, th- this is fun, and you know, networking with you guys is, you know, it, it's been really fun. I think this is, you know, I never knew there was a podcast community like this and to find guys like you you know you two and mo also you know to to and you know we all help each other out too i think that's a that's a beautiful thing that we do that everyone looks out for each other if you don't know one thing you know one other guy might know something and it can help you out we all i feel like we all you know our our community of podcasting we all help each other out and i think that's something that not a lot of people do you know everyone's looking out for their own, you know gain and and i understand that aspect of you know competitiveness, but it doesn't feel like you know this is we're not really competing with each other we're trying to help each other out because of course we all want our podcast to to blow up and get on uh and be on Sirius XM and Sport Spock Sports and the ESPN. You know, we all want to get there. But you know, it's also good to make sure we help each other out. And, you know, that, that that's something that I've really enjoyed. Because you learn, you learn something. I learn something new every day. People come to me advice, I'm like, God, I'm still learning about the podcast game. You know, it's it's you learn everything about editing and then what software to use, what mics to use, what you know, what audio boards to use, what all this stuff, what podcast platforms to go on, what's the best one. What stream all these streaming, you know, yard and all these other stuff. These live platforms. So, you know, you learn so much from all these other podcasts. So, you know, I've learned a lot from you guys. And you know, I, I, this is dope, Bill Motu. You know, uh, it's great to connect with guys like you guys. We're all we're all over the country, you know. And, you know, so for, to, for this, you know, this is awesome that we get to do this. And uh, you know, I, I root for you guys. You know, all you know, big time, and hopefully we all make it big one day, and we could talk about this on our on our boat one day.
3: <laughs>
1: that's yeah. the plan. That's the plan, I'm, I'm just really excited about um, everything that's coming up. Um, I'm excited to hear uh, some of the uh, new content that you gentlemen are having on your podcast. Podcast, and there's a tight community. Um, I just like you, Chris. I really didn't know how tight it was. But I've really got a lot of uh, great feedback from other podcasts. There's a lot of help uh, pushing my show forward. Um, I look forward to doing more shows with y'all. I'm definitely looking forward to the Dynasty Football League and see how it plays out. Um, it's my mm-hmm. first one. So really excited about that. Um, right. With that being said, uh, we're out. Yeah, guys. Take care, guys, and be safe. Take care, man.
0: love the Out of Bounds sports podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time.